Hey, Giant fans. Welcome to a victorious version of the Giant Insider podcast. My name is Jerry Foley. I'm the senior editor of the Giant Insider newspaper. And with me, as always, is Chris Bizignano, the beat writer for the Giant Insider. Chris, we're two and seven. Mm-hmm. It was a nice win. Um, immediately after the game was over, I started looking at the division like the idiot that I am. And I, I don't care, man. I don't care what anyone says. This division is still, is still completely, completely up for grabs. Now, they got to win more than one game. But I don't know, man. After the game was over, I felt pretty good. There were, this team fights. And we said it before. The one thing Shermer does right, and he did a lot wrong last night. And we can get into it. But the one thing he does right is these guys don't quit on him. And no. I think they got rid of the guys in the offseason uh, and into this season that did quit. And, and I'm not putting Snacks Harrison in there. Snacks Harrison's the man. But this is a team of guys who maybe aren't that talented in spots, but they won't give up. And they've played hard for him every single mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more, Jerry. Spoke to uh, me and Mike Thomas, went back and forth a little bit on Twitter today. And yeah, he commented to me about, we played with unbelievable passion last night. You know, um, you know, you don't have to look very far to see a team that's losing that didn't give an effort when you look at the Jet game last Sunday, right? Yep. They played the Bills, and there was three quarters of that team didn't want to be there. The Giants are one and seven going into the San Francisco game last night, and they're playing like they're seven and one. So, like you said, Jerry, yeah, the team lacks. <clears throat> high-caliber talent in certain spots on this roster, but they have not stopped busting their butt for Coach Shermer. And it's something I see when I'm at the facility. I see it in practice. I I see, you know, I I get the feeling in the locker room. I've been telling you this, right, for a while, that these guys are all in. Doesn't mean they're going to be – they're going to have a winning record, as we, you know, we've seen this year. They're 2-7. I understand that. But it's not because – of lack of effort, Jerry. And Coach Shermer, we've talked about this before. He should be commended for that. Um, and last night really showed, and I was really happy for Eli, man. You know, I saw Eli with that smile at the end of the game. Yeah, and really and, ha- and you, you know really how much they, they, they love him. I mean, those players love him. You saw that on uh, it was on Twitter, a clip of Eli coming up behind Sterling Shepard, and Shepard just gone nuts saying, he's there, here's my man, and running yeah. off the field victorious. And look, there were – there were a number of plays that, or a few plays at least, that Manning left on the field, and one of them was the bomb to OBJ that was just short. But he was he was pretty efficient. I mean, he's had better games statistics wise, but they were in this game the whole way. I, I actually felt like all along, like they, you know, they're, <clears throat> this is a game they can definitely win. I never felt like the 49ers were going to run away with anything. I mean, Manning finished what 19 of 31, 188, three touchdowns, no picks. It's, it's the most touchdowns he's thrown in a game all season, and. He didn't have the yardage, but he well, was he was efficient. What was the difference in this game, Jerry? Yeah, no turnovers. Yeah, and he executed in the red zone. Yeah, red zone, right. Yeah, good point. You know, it's something that the team just could not do the first eight games. Last night, they did it. Uh, all 27 points came from the red zone. Eli with a beautiful pass to Odell for the one touchdown. Odell, Odell recognized his zone, got behind a little bit. Perfect. Uh, perfect height on the pass from uh, Eli to get over to defend his arms. Of course, the last touchdown to Shep, 
Um, so, Jerry, they got two turnovers and they executed in the red zone. That's why they won the game. You know, something they weren't doing. Well, they haven't done all season. Yeah, I mean, I, I said, what were the odds of B.J. Goodson was going to have two interceptions in that game? It had to be like 10,000 to one or something. I mean, <laughs> now both were on deflections, but like I said, like B.J. Goodson's an average to uh, – he's an average linebacker. Mm-hmm. But he was playing kind of with reckless abandon last night. He played pretty well. And there were guys mm-hmm. who didn't play well. We can get to it. But one of the things I saw right away – and I don't know what people were watching, but I thought uh, Jamon Brown um, <laughs> was a huge difference at right guard. Mm-hmm. Now – some people said, you know, this is proof that the Giants have had an issue for years at right guard and he's not going to fix anything. And I'm like, on the first touchdown, he, he blocked two guys. He, he handled the stunt very well and allowed Manning to wait, 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 and then find uh, Beckham in the end zone. So I thought, mm-hmm. look, run blocking wasn't great, but pass blocking, I thought the, the offensive line was awesome last night. Best game of the year by far. <clears throat> right. No question about it. Nate Solder played his best game of the year by far. Um, I thought Jamon Brown was pretty good. Uh, obviously a huge upgrade over Greco where Jamon Brown really showed his, uh, his better play than Greco, I should say, is that when he, when they had a double with Wheeler, he really supported Wheeler. Well, he's a big boy, you know, Brown's yeah. 350 pounds. He's a strong boy, man. And a lot of times when he came over and doubled <clears throat> and helping Wheeler, he, did the job where Greco was getting moved. Okay. Wheeler's at times struggled. That guy was doing an inside move and Greco got over late picking him up or we got past Greco last night. Jamon Brown was stoning a guy. Let me tell you the 49ers have some studs up front. They got some studs. Yeah. They got number one picks. You know, the Forest Buckner is a real solid player. Yeah, yeah. Armstead, yep. you know, Solomon Thomas, these guys have been getting to the quarterback this year. Um, and they did a heck of a job. And, Listen, Jamon Brown's not a Pro Bowl right guard, but he had—he definitely was an upgrade, and he definitely helped out the line last night. Eli had time last night. There was no question about it. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, the running game was a different story. Um, you made a, a great observation. I agree with you. You know, Barkley was 20 for 67 on the mm-hmm. ground, and it seemed like, aside from the fact that he kept slipping, um, <clears throat> he was it seemed like he was trying to bounce everything to the outside, and he looks like he's trying to go the distance every time he touches the ball, which is – you know, awesome because he's going to do it one every 15 times, but he's got to take what they give him sometimes and just get the three, four or five yards. Yeah. Um, I felt he left a few plays on the field last night where he kicked it out, where he had something inside. Um, he's getting better at it. He, he recognizes that he can't hit a home run every time up. Um, last night. Yeah. Listen, Jerry, I got to be honest with you. I think he's out of that mentality of Penn State, I could take it to the house every time. I really do. Yeah. I think he's out of that mentality, Jerry. He had that coming into the NFL, and he quickly realized, wow, I'm not doing that here. He talks about it all the time. He just sometimes he will kick it out where he think, like he doesn't see anything inside where he doesn't recognize it, Jerry, you know, uh, and he kicked it out. I saw him do that twice last night. And even though he only has 67 yards and 20 carries, which isn't a good average, only three, whatever it is, three point some, um, I don't think it was all the offensive line's fault. I think that could have been higher if yeah. he would have hit the proper hole at times. But but something else he did that you've been talking about since training camp is, is his hands, right? He had four catches mm-hmm. for, 30, for 33 yards, and the big one was the 23-yarder on the last drive. And, and 100 yards again from scrimmage, technically. I mean, it was 23 plus 67 is 100. So what? 
eight out of nine games that he's played, he's broken the 100-yard barrier from scrimmage. I think he's been everything that Giant fans have, have wanted. Um, and, and this extra element, I mean, the, the, look, the, the screen game is terrible. And I don't know if it's because of Eli, if it's because of the line or combination of the two. Mm. We don't disguise it. But every time, the kid, every time he catches the ball, I mean, there's like three guys around him and we lose yard. Mm. The only team that loses yard is on a screenplay. But mm-hmm. when they send him out, um, he can do some great things. And we've seen it all year. Like when they give him a chance to run the pass pattern, mm-hmm. it's almost like another wide receiver for them. Well, Jerry, you know, what, you know how I feel about that. I, I've been saying this since last April. The kid's got the best hands on a team. Now, last night, big difference, you know, especially on that last drive. He did a little choice route out of the backfield. He recognized the linebacker, had the coverage on his left shoulder. He went inside, him and Eli on the same page, and what happened? Boom. Big play down the field. He also had a wheel route a little bit earlier that I felt he had his guy beat, and Eli just missed it. Right? It was a bad throw. Yeah. This is something that he's a major weapon in. I thought it would be more. We both discussed this numerous times. I thought it would be more of a threat in the, in the receiving game as far as catching passes, moving forward. Big difference between that and a check down. He caught that ball last night moving forward um, on that last drive, and you saw what he did. Um, so, he, yeah, he, he's he's a major weapon. He's got great hands, the kid. He, you know, he came out the other day and the press said, oh, I'm a little upset I dropped a few balls. I, we all looked at each other like, what are you talking about? The few balls he said he dropped was like he had a leap of one arm. He went in one, one hand. That's what he's talking about. So that's what a perfectionist he is. And he was a weapon last night. And Eli and him connected on that last drive. That was a huge play. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's better than advertised. I mean, not better than advertised, but I I, I knew he was he was very good at the screen game in college. But um, you didn't see it till training camp. Uh, what a what a pass catcher he could be. Um, also on offense, Corey Coleman uh, made a nice impact on that. Uh, well, not offense, but at a reception. But it made a nice impact on special teams. I mean, the, the, it was the, I think it was the best return of the year by a mile, a 51-yard return. And, like, he's a talented kid. You, you called it um, when they picked him up. He's a former first-round pick. He seems to be putting it together. And it, it can only help this team. Like, the Giants are very good at the, at the skill positions. Oh, they're real good. They got a lot of good skill players. But, you know, the whole story the whole year has been, you know, the, the offensive line. I mean, that's the story. We know that. I mean, last night was a little bit better. And, yeah, it was a little bit better, you know. Um, um, but Corey Coleman, you know, Pat Shermer really likes this kid, Jerry. Yeah. Um, listen, Coleman, when he was, a, he was a number one pick and who was playing really well for the Browns a couple of years ago, and then he broke his hand. And then he broke his hand again. Yeah, right. The next year. And then this year he had some issues in Cleveland. They got rid of him, and then he went to a few other places, um, Buffalo, and then he went up with Bill up in Belichick land. And, you know, Bill – Belichick needs a certain type of player, and if he doesn't, you know, feel he's going to get it, you're gone. And that's what happened with Coleman. Um, I think Corey Coleman recognized the other day. He said, "I was very young coming into this league. I didn't realize some things." Translate: I was immature. Right. He's maybe starting to get it now. Um, I'm hoping because um, he's a talented kid, Jerry, a yep. real talented player. Yep. And I tell you what, man. If this kid get he was a he was a real good kick returner in college, Jerry. Real good kick returner. Yeah. Cleveland didn't use him in that capacity. Maybe one of the reasons why Hugh Jackson is out of a job, you right. know, because uh, right. thing, little things like that. Um, 
But you saw last night, Sherman recognizes and said, you know what? Let's put this kid back there. He did it in college. And it, it worked out for the last time. It was the best kickoff return of the year last night. Yeah, and, and another – it was nice to see Evan Ingram contribute because I think for mm-hmm. the first half it was almost like, wow, do they remember he's on the on the team? But he had a couple nice plays. He finished with, what, three catches for 40-something yards or so. And, Big catches during the last drive, yeah. Yeah, four, I'm sorry, four catches, 46, it says, and the, yeah. the long of, of 31. And that's, what we, ex- ones, that's yeah. what we expected of him coming mm-hmm. out. I mean, he he can be that, you know, Jordan Reed type, Zach Ertz type, who should be more of a security blanket for Eli. And it was good to see him get involved and, and, and make a few plays and have an instrumental impact uh, on the game. Yep, sure was. Uh, they talked about that route that he, uh, with the big play last night. Uh, they were they were working that route all week, and they called it late in the game, and Evan got open on it. You know, he burned his defender bad, and I'm glad to see he caught the ball, Jerry. <laughs> no drops. We all know that's the issue with with uh, Ingram. Um, so yeah, he's an listen. He could be a real impact player too, man. Uh, Jerry, like you just said, man, there's just no shortage of talent in the skill positions with this team. It's amazing. Yeah, and you, that's why, like. I'm an idiot, man, but I get excited when I, you know, they get a win or two and seven and you're like, man, we should be scoring more. And, and, and you see it now and then, and you're like, man, if this line can just hold up. And I know we're asking for a lot, but you look at if Ingram can put it together and yeah, Shepard only had two catches, but one of them was huge. It was the, the, the game winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I love this, the, the, the skill positions on this team. It's just the, it's all about the line holding up and giving time for Eli and, Last night they did a good job of it, but you know, defensively, uh, different story. I mean, I there's there is zero, absolutely zero pass rush. I, I, I unless they blitz, no one. And I love Kerry Wynn. I like the story. Free agent out of, mm-hmm. out of Richmond. I mm-hmm. like B.J. Hill. I like Tomlinson. But man, do they need a pass rusher on that line? Yeah, um, you know, Olivier is really the only one. You know that could really get to the quarterback. He drew a hole. You know he did draw a hole last night, but no sacks man, against a, against the line that gave up thirty one. Yeah, and, and I, game. I'm, I'm saying more from the line's perspective, like linebacker. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. Vernon didn't play a good game, um, but what, no, he was quiet. Yeah, yeah, he was quiet last night. Yeah. But the bright side at linebacker mm-hmm. is Lorenzo mm-hmm. Carter. Oh my God, Jerry! You saw my tweets last night. Would you put this kid on the field, please? I mean, what does he have? To, I don't even care. I didn't even care about the fifteen-yard penalty. I didn't even think that was even a penalty. I guess it is in today's NFL. Yeah, I thought the I same thing. That was a terrible call. Uh, well, Jerry, I got to be honest with you. I, I can't say it's terrible because of the idiotic rules about driving down to the ground. I, I don't. No, Jerry. To me, it's a terrible call, Jerry. I'm just thinking along the lines of a rules yeah. interpretation. Yep. I guess it is, Jerry, because he got him around the shoulder and kind of gave that extra drive into the ground. To me, he's just tackling a guy, Jerry. Yep. I don't know, bud. I don't know. To me, it's a football, okay? To the NFL, it's a penalty. I'm not going to blame the kid. I hope nobody even said anything to the kid. I want the kid playing aggressive, okay? Yeah, I, I, if I'm I the coaching him, staff... He's athletic. What do you have? Nine tackles. That's right. Seven tackles. He was all over the field. Yeah. He was getting some pressure, a few pressures in there. The kid's got to be on the field, Coach Betcha. Please live with the few mistakes he makes with the with the six other positive plays he makes. I don't want to see Connor Bowen again. <laughs> yeah. Carter finished with seven tackles, six solo. Seven. Uh, three tackles for loss. I mean, th- 
This Jerry, you know I love to use this word when I talk about football. What what word I like to use is active. Okay. Yeah. Like you could have six tackles or seven tackles in a game, and it's like okay, you made it fifteen yards on the field, whatever. Active. That's the key. Active plays. Lorenzo Carter is an active player, Jerry. Seven tackles, three for loss. That's active, Jerry. Yeah, I think the, la- the last active out. linebacker the Giants had was like, uh, I mean, Jesse Armstead, right? It's been a long time, but this kid has that type of potential, and maybe even more because he just looks more physically gifted. He's bigger, he's longer, he's fast. I don't know if he's faster, but. He's fast. He's, he... Yeah, I don't know. Jesse was pretty fast, but he. Yeah. But the kid, I mean, how could you not like this kid, Jerry? Wait, wait for year two in the system. You know, I, I'm really looking forward to him. You know, as he moves, as he moves along the rest of the season. I think Betcher win. I think Betcher, you know, he put his phone on in the third quarter. So I was going crazy about the not playing him and put him out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what? I don't want to deal with this lunatic reporter come Thursday. So let me put Carter out there. You know, so but no, all kidding aside, you know, I'm glad he got more snaps in the second half. The kid is a good player. Keep him out there. We're two and seven, Jerry. Keep him out there. Yeah, I agree. I don't know why you would play anyone else uh, on that side. And like you said, Connor Barwin, he's uh, clearly not the answer. But uh, in the middle, we talked about B.J. Goodson had a good game. I thought Alec Ogletree had the worst game uh, of the season for him. I thought he was he looked slow. He couldn't cover anybody. I don't know. And I'm not I'm being serious when I say this. I don't know if it was the air quality that got to him. He just he looked gassed in that game and he looked slow and he didn't look that bad since preseason. Preseason was when we saw him getting burned by tight ends and running backs and everyone and seemed to be holding up okay this year. But, I mean, he really struggled last night. Jerry, could I be honest with you? You're starting to see why the Rams have no problem trading him. Yeah. You're you're seeing it. He's just – he's an average linebacker. um, And, you you know, there's two things I'm seeing with Alec Ogletree is that he has problems in the running game getting off blocks – and sometimes he'll read the wrong gap. You know, the Rams were pretty bad against the run last year. And I looked that up, and when the Giants traded for him, and I said, well, you know, Ogletree is an active – he's a pretty active linebacker, but it kind of scared me last year that they were pretty bad against the run. And you're starting to see it now, right? Um, he's a nice little linebacker, Ogletree, but it, it doesn't surprise me that the Rams got unloaded him, Jerry, because – like you said, he he struggled last night, man. He struggled. Um, not only in coverage, Jerry, in the run game. Um, not not one of his better games. Speaking of struggling, Curtis Riley. <laughs> well, how the hell is Michael Thomas not breaking the starting lineup on this defense? Yeah, they like Thomas to that big nickel. <laughs> they love Thomas to that big nickel. They like him in a slot more than up high. Um, I don't know, but. Uh, you know, Jerry, you, you ask Fetcher, you ask around the building, and you got to get a feel. That, listen, they understand Curtis Riley's making some mistakes, especially angle-wise, half the field angle-wise on running plays that, that have burned them, right? And there's other aspects of his game, Jerry, that they kind of like. I, I'm just telling you. I, I'm not saying I agree with it, Jerry. I'm not saying I'm not going against you, you know, because a lot of people are really down on him. Right. But there's other parts of his game that they they like, Jerry. I'm just telling you, man, from being around Betcher, you know, being in the building. Um, he's one thing the kid is, I know he misses a few. He's very physical, man. He he'll throw a hit on you. Yeah. And you know, he's just raw, Jerry. He's not a safety and he's still making mistakes. I understand you gotta look for an upgrade. I understand that. 
I'm just telling you, Jerry, that they're not all down on him in that building. Now they could be. I mean, you know, they could be wrong, and like a lot of people go like, "Well, what the hell are they looking at then?" You know what I mean? I'm just telling you the way they feel, Jerry. They're not all down on him. Um, they're not. You know, sometimes you look at him and go, "Okay, you got to get this kid off the field." But Jerry, he's been there since day one. Um, they haven't yanked him yet. But what does that tell you? That tells you they still see something in this kid. <laughs> Yeah, I I just don't. Yeah, it's maybe they. Okay, they, that's they, right. I know. Yeah, maybe they they see something that that I don't. But uh, I mean, then you go next to next uh, player over Landon Collins, again mm-hmm. another guy who I thought had a an Ogletree, not as bad as Ogletree, but not one of his best games. He looked really slow last night. Uh, he couldn't stay with the uh, this the Forty Nine er tight end that you called that it was going to have a monster game. Um, who looks like a bona fide star that they found last year, what, in the fifth round. I thought Collins played, you know, just he looked slow to me, man. Well, that's not his game, Jerry, against a pretty quick tight end in space. I didn't quite understand. Listen, it happens in this league where you're going to get matchups that aren't in your favor. That's what the NFL is all about, especially Shanahan. Shanahan's got a good offensive mind, you know, no matter what you might feel about him. You know, some people, you know, are still ripping him over the Super Bowl, all that, but Kyle Shanahan's got a, a pretty good offensive mind, and he got some matchups on us last night that at times we didn't want, no question about it. But but it seemed like that. I got to expect you this Thursday when he, when he meets with the media. It seemed like, Jerry, I mean, am I wrong? But it, it seemed like that was the matchup they wanted, right? Collins yeah. on Kittle. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I didn't understand. It looked like they were they were looking for that, and it made no sense to me. Yeah, and he was getting burned with it left and right, and then and then you know wherever he could have lined up, they had a, a Thomas on, we had a, a Grant Haley even at times. But to me, it seemed like the game plan was Collins matching up against Kittle, and and it really burned him in the first half. And you know he looked bad, Collins trying to cover him. Yeah, and 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 you know we can go over corner. Jenkins had the nice deflection, had kind of a quiet game. I I, I didn't. I mean, the, the Kittle, whatever his name is, he he. He was the primary receiver by a mile. The wide receivers <clears throat> for the 49ers were almost non-existent. They did nothing. So it was, a, it was kind of a quiet game for uh, Webb and, um, and uh, Janoris Jenkins, who had the nice deflection for the interception. But overall, the defense just couldn't get off the field. I mean, the, the time of possession was uh, the 49ers were plus nine minutes. And uh, if, if not for the two interceptions, you know, it could have been – it could have been a much different outcome, but Giants got the interceptions. Credit to them. They, they played hard all game, uh, but the defense, man, no pass rush. It's just such a – it's a disaster waiting to happen against some of the better uh, offenses in the league, man. Yeah, it's been a problem all year. All year, and guess what? It's going to be a problem Sunday, even against Fitzpatrick, because they got some guys that could really get down the field and get over the top on you. Um, so <laughs> – Jerry, I don't. What are you gonna do? With nine games in, we have ten sacks. Is it <laughs> gonna get insane. better? Yeah, I mean it's insane. Only the Raiders are worse. Is it gonna get better? No, I mean it's it is what it is. You know, we gotta hope Olivier gets a few sacks, a few more pressures, uh, maybe Carter. You know, coming off that edge now, he starts kicking up in his last seven games. Uh, other than that, you know, guys like Hill, you know, Win, you know, and Tomlinson are just not, you know pass rushing defensive tackles and stuff so and defensive ends so uh this listen that's gonna be a priority in the draft i'm sure or maybe even creates trying to get a guy get in there with a few sacks but 
It is what it is, Jerry. What did you think of uh, of the play calling? And the one I'm going to go to is the one that I put on Twitter where I circled Odell and I circled nobody covering him. And I couldn't understand why Eli just didn't see that and throw it to Odell. And they called a, uh, I think it was third and goal from the two. And they called a run up the middle and Barkley got stuffed right away. I, From what I understand, Eli audibled to a run and... Uh, what is your take on that? I mean, as a as a fan, I'm 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 just frustrated by that play because you just see, even you see Beckham afterwards looking at Eli like, you know, come on, you, you got to look at me. No one is on me. Yeah, it looked like that Eli checked it to a run, and that was it. And he stuck with it. He saw something in the defense that he felt, you know, Saquon could have got in there, and he didn't. Um, so uh, I can't blame Sharma because. Eli checked in, like he did the, the throat sign there, like he checked into and run. Um, I have to find out more. Yeah, it was know, weird. When... It was weird. It was a, it was a very frustrating call because it was. You just, this is the stuff that drives you crazy about Eli, right? You, you, and again, I when that game was over, I was ecstatic for him. I was so happy for him. He was, ha- you know, smiling mm-hmm. ear to ear. <clears throat> but when you do that on the goal line and you're 37, you, you just think of like. And I hate to use the example. <laughs> You're going to laugh at this one. You think of a Drew Brees, <laughs> right? Tom Brady. They see that right away and they're throwing it. And it's, it's, they're almost going to underhand it to Beckham. And Manning just is so robotic sometimes and just calls the run. And you're like, dude, will you just look up to the left? I, I can imagine Odell was screaming at him. Yeah, Odell was pretty upset. Um, he, he saw him on the sidelines afterwards, too. He, he couldn't believe Eli didn't see that. Um, so, I don't know. Eli didn't see it, Jerry. That's all I can say. Yeah, all and, I- and this is what you get with Eli with, throughout his career. He does things like that. And then at the end of the game, he looks like uh, Johnny Unitas on the last drive where, uh, you know, if he's not completing passes, they're drawing penalties and getting down mm-hmm. the field. He made some nice passes uh, on that drive. The one to Barkley was was beautiful. Um, he mm-hmm. Shepard for the score. And, uh, man, look, we're 2-7 and seven in, a, in a crappy division where somehow, some way, the Cowboys beat the Eagles the other night. I'm not a believer in the Redskins. I know they won this past week, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I just want to take week by week. Yeah. But, <laughs> but. Listen, they- Jerry, the only, way, the only way you could start thinking along those lines, I know where you're going with this. Um, the only way you could start thinking along those lines, if they, let's win, let's win, let's put two games together first. Yeah. And then upset the dirtbags in Philly. <laughs> and then then you could start saying to yourself, all right, what's the records of the Redskins now? What are we looking at? You know, then you could start looking at that. But listen, this team hasn't really put together two good games in a in a row in a long time, it seems like. So let's let's just start on Tampa, who had you know, this this is no slouch offense here coming in Sunday afternoon. No, it's, it's not. And it and the Giants secondary it seems like a matchup that's a nightmare for the Giants secondary, but Buccaneer yeah. defense stinks. So, and the Giants haven't won at home. I just think, like, they, they got to be due for one at mm-hmm. home. And like you said, if they win that one, then they go to Philly and somehow slay the beast that have just beaten us for the last, uh, it seems like, 20 years. Then you get excited. Then you think, ah, oh, four and seven. And I know the Redskins will lose at least one in that time. They're not a dominant team. No one believes in the Cowboys. I mean, I don't care Myron Cooper or what. But, uh, you know, the other night the game was won by Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm. I just look at the Giants, and I think <clears throat> you have a team that's playing hard, that's very good in the skill positions. That maybe they could be dangerous again. Let's you know what? Let's let's rest 
let's put that aside, put it down for now, and just beat the Buccaneers Sunday, and let's see what uh, what they got there. Yeah, yeah, it's looking way ahead, man. Let's just see what happens Sunday. Um, I, I have to do this because of the commentary, and we had 300 likes from a, a very unprofessional tweet by me, I admit it. Um, but I hate Booger McFarlane. I think that Monday night crew, and I, I you don't want to talk too much about this because it's a Giants podcast, but you know what? The, the, the announcers in the NFL are starting to ruin games. And I'm dead serious. I mean, whether it's Buck and Aikman, Daryl Johnston, Jason, I just seems like I'm surrounded by Cowboys every week. If, if that last night, if that game doesn't force everyone to turn on FAN and listen to Banks and Papa, I really don't know what will. That, that conversation last night where you had Witten disagreeing with Booger McFarlane about, you know, is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer? Should they have taken Darnold? Like, oh, my God. In the middle of a close game. In the middle of a close game. Like, my God, can you just announce the game like Madden and Summerall would and shut the hell up about the other stuff? Yeah. uh, Listen, I don't know. I don't know what happened to ESPN. We have a, you know, we have a close friend that goes back and forth with us on Twitter who used to work for ESPN. and, And even he admits it, right? It's a shell of itself. He doesn't know what happened to that station either. I don't get it. Um, I, listen, the whole thing on the sidelines with Booger and and the stuff he was saying yesterday about tackle outside shoulders on Saquon and and I don't know. Uh, listen, it, it is what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Booger's the whole the whole thing is a catastrophe. You know? I, I think it's funny that everybody thinks his real name is Booger. I had so many tweets coming out of saying who names their kid Booger. I'm like, it's Anthony, guys. How do you not remember him? He played for the Buccaneers, and some of it I think. Maybe he just hates the Giants because he played with Warren Sapp, who hated Strahan and Simeon Rice, and they had that vendetta back in the day. I don't know, man, but I had an mm-hmm. idea uh, that the NFL uh, can feel free to take from me. And my idea, if you, if you don't switch to Pop and Banks, which I suggest you do, I think the NFL should come out with different announced choices, and DirecTV can charge it, so, charge for it. So whereas you get the Sunday ticket, you can actually choose different announced teams based on the game you're watching. So you could have the one they give you, or you could have two other guys from a random location. Or, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think it would be hilarious to have me and you do a game and then people choose. I was going to say, I thought that's where you were going. I think you were going maybe me and you in the booth. I mean, I'll be the, the, the uh, you'll be the color commentary. I'll be the, um, the regular, what is it? I don't even know what it's called. Regular announcer. I don't know. I'll be the summer all you be the Madden. <laughs> uh, could we do any worse than some of these guys? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we can. And I think it would be awesome to hear you say, call people buffoon. Over uh, and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if we were in the booth last time and Booger came out with one of his statements, I would have said, Booger, that's a buffoon statement. I think the fans would have liked that one, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I just, it's ruining the game. And, and um, the officiating's one thing. The officiating's been bad, but it's it's actually gotten better the last couple of weeks. But, man, as a Giants fan, I, it just it feels like us against the world. But, um, you know, huge win for the Giants, two and seven. Uh and, and uh, you, put up, you, you put out a great tweet today. I, I don't judge fans for rooting for the Giants to lose because if, if, if you're saying I want them to lose for a better draft pick, you know, I'm not going to judge you. But at the same time, just let them win and then let the chips fall where they may, please. Like license plate guy says, you know, like I want yeah. them to win. Like I, I don't care about draft picks when you're one and seven and mathematically alive. Like 
I'd rather watch a team like the team last year gave up. This team's not giving up, right? And and last year I think the Ram game was the best example of a team that just said they just packed it in. But that kind of drives me crazy. Like people were mad last night because the Giants went from one to three uh, as far as drafting, and now they're not going to get Herbert. And it's ridiculous, man. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if the Giants are going to trade up or if the Giants are just going to take the best player available because we just talked about it. I mean, they need they need a they need a pass rusher. They need a corner. They need a safety. They need Lineman, you know. Listen, Jerry, I don't quite get that thinking either. I guess I understand where people come from with that as far as, oh, I hope we lose the rest of the games. I was never like that. Uh, I'm pretty sure you were never like that. Maybe, maybe, Jerry, the last game of a year where they could finish, you know, number one overall. You don't really want to win a game. Maybe I'll give you that. You know, game 16. Where you say to yourself, "Oh man, I, I kind of hope they lose this game because they're going to finish first, right? If they if they lose, as opposed to finish fourth or something like that." But you know, but one in seven, and saying, "Oh, I hope they lose the last nine games because I want a draft pick." Uh, now nah, you, you know, I, I don't go with that at all. Uh, you know, I want them to win games. Whoever they wind up in the draft, they wind up in the draft. You saw, you saw, you know what? These guys, they're busting it. You know what? To try to win games. Uh, and I was happy for them last night, especially, you know, a guy like Mike Thomas. You saw how happy he was. He was on social media last night. Yep. Eli, Shep, Odell. Odell. Okay. Uh, I don't know where people get this perception of Odell that he thinks it's all about him. It's the first, you know, it's the farthest thing for the truth, Jerry, about Odell. He wants to win. Um, you saw how happy he was last night, right? Uh, you know, he was happy. Um so uh, how about Olivier Vernon, who very rarely tweets? You know, he threw out a tweet last night. Big win for us, this and that. So I, I was happy, everybody. I, I'm happy when the Giants win, Jerry. I know you're happy when the Giants win. I was happy to see Eli smile. Happy to see a lot of people. I was happy for Coach Sherma. Very happy for him. And I hope we, go, you know, we try to win every game that you know that's on the schedule. And, and that's the way I look at it, bud. Yeah, and, and Tank Commander Mara changed his name last night, I think, to Victory Mara. Now he? he's now he's now now he's now he's pissed Mara. So, oh, now he's back to pissed Mara. Yeah, keeps changing. Why he's pissed that they won? No, I think he's just back in the you know, regular week mode and wants to try and win again. And they're two and seven, pissed Mara. So, no, I wish it would stay tank commander, but okay. <laughs> um, wanted to bring up one piece of NFL news today. Very interesting. Uh, the yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars picked up Patrick Omame. Oh. Yeah, I saw that. Well, I guess uh, was Coughlin think he's going to work magic there? I mean, that's, you know what? that's the thing. Like, why is no one criticizing Coughlin? Like, for for a year, I heard, oh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have it going on. They got Coughlin. He knows talent, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And in the last three, four weeks, he picked up Eric Flowers and Patrick Omame. Yeah, yeah. Actually, Eric Flowers, who, who was pretty pissed off at my friend, Ed Valentin. <laughs> Valentine, yeah. <laughs> I saw you do a tweet at... At Valentine last night, huh? I didn't see that. Go ahead. Talk about it. Yeah. And and from Big Blue View reported that he got beat with a sack and gave up a few pressures or something like that. And and Eric Flowers said he was a liar. That's great. (laughs) On Twitter last night. You know what? As far as Omame, I guess, you know, he wasn't that bad for Jacksonville last night. He was a serviceable guard. I guess Coughlin, once Coughlin gets him in the building after a few weeks, he's going to realize he's going to say to himself, wow. What happened to this guy? Now I know why the Giants got rid of him. And, and that shows you how mentally weak Eric Flowers is. Like, really? You're reading Ed Valentine. Nothing against Ed Valentine, but you're reading a reporter's tweets 
from yeah. the team that you used to play for. Like, dude, yeah. you have to change whatever you're doing, your, 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 your mental makeup to get ready for a game, your life, everything. If you're letting that bother you, first off, just hit the block button like, like I do. I love blocking people that I can't stand or muting them. Then you won't see it anymore. Like, why would you respond to that? Well, how stupid can you be? No, you know, Eric, he's a big, sensitive kid, man. And, uh, you know, this, that's his makeup. Like you said, he should be more worried about some technique than, than you know, looking at Twitter, you know. But that's what he is. That was part of his problem, uh, mentally weak, you know. Um, and pretty tough to be mentally weak in the NFL, Jerry. Buddy, we'll leave it at that because this was a victory cast. This was uh, this felt good. And Question for you. Question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Brandon Marshall mm. has never made the playoffs. Mm. Does it count for making the playoffs? Now he's picked up in the uh, ninth game of the year, tenth game, whatever the Saints are playing. Because <laughs> they're going to the playoffs, the Saints. Does this count for Brandon? Well, I guess, <laughs> but it'd be really funny if the Saints tank. And so, everybody, I'll say it now rather than next week, rather than the next podcast in two days. I picked the Bengals to beat the Saints. Chris reminded me very quickly that uh, I was wrong. Um, but. But there what was, was the there was game? Jerry. Yeah, what's that? What was the score of that game, my friend? Fifty-one to fourteen. So uh, I was, what I was, was that wrong. game played? I was I was clearly wrong. However, <laughs> there was a game that I was right, and it was played last night. Yes, you are. And I'm proud of you, bud. You did stick with the Giants this night, and you said it was going to be a close one, and you felt that Eli was going to pull him through, and you hit it right on the head. I mean, listen to the Good listen ball. to the listen to the audio of that one. It's, it's going to be a close game. Eli is going to lead him to a victory, and they did. So, Giant fans out there laughing at me for taking the Bengals. What would you rather I be right with the Bengals, the, the Bengals, or the Giants? Good job, Mister Foley. I like the way you tried to cover up quickly with that Saint prediction. But good job, Mister Foley. Good job. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, be sure to order your copy of the Giant Insider newspaper. Go to www.giantinsider.com or visit magster.com for a digital subscription. That's M-A-G-Z-T-E-R.com. Yearly subscriptions are $39.95 for paper copies, and the digital, digital version is only $17. The next podcast will be 8 p.m. on Thursday, November 15th, so only a two-day break. We, uh, we're going to do our predictions for this weekend, and we'll take your Twitter questions, which is always fun for us. Usually we take it um, on the, the Monday or slash Tuesday podcast. But since we won, we wanted to talk about the game because winning around here is, uh, you know, the wins are few and far between. But uh, thanks for listening to the Giant Insider podcast. I'm Jerry Foley. He's hey, Chris. Jerry. Yes. Jerry, yes. Really quick. Yeah. I just want to thank, listen, thank, every, thank everybody for, you know, listening to this podcast. Every week we're getting a lot of downloads. Tell all your friends about it. I'm glad you like it. The more downloads, the better for me and Jerry. So thank you very much, man. Look at you, Chris Marketing, and uh, make sure you give us those uh, awesome. We got, I think we have 24 reviews already on on iTunes, and they're five stars. So keep that coming, guys. We love it. Thank you so much. And uh, most importantly, remember, Sundays are giant days. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Take care.